0: we read the a long list of unfortunate consequences that can and will befall the Jewish nation if we fail to observe the Torah properly and it is uh, fair to say that it's not a lot of fun they are they are fright and there's always one in the Te which always struck me as being particularly, particularly difficult to swallow. Let's see this Pasek. I will bring upon you a sword. The will translate for now as a sword that will take revenge for the covenant which you have failed to, to keep. And you will be gathered into your cities, because there will be an army, a sword-bearing army coming to, to, uh, to harm you. So you will gather into your cities. And I will send a plague amongst you. In other words, now that you're all gathered into your cities, Hashem says, now I'll send a plague. And since you're all sitting together, the plague is going to spread very quickly from one person to another. The the Yad and you will be given over into the hand of the enemies of the enemy. Uh, before we go to the Rashi, I think we can see a, a little bit of a question mark in the pasuk. Uh, you can see already just from reading the pasuk a, a little bit of a question that arises. The beginning of the pasuk. Okay, the beginning talks about this uh, army coming against us and so we go into the cities and Hashem will cause a plague upon the people, upon the Jewish people, and okay, then the Pusik should have concluded and and you will all die from the plague. Well, many of you will die from the plague, but the Pusik then says you will be given over into the hand of the enemy. Now that, That's going in a different direction. One phrase you say you're going to die from the plague. In the next sentence you say you'll be given over to the enemy. That that's two, not opposite, but two very different, two very different things. Let's see Rashi. B'nei Safteim you will be gathered min ha'chutz from the outside el arim into the cities. You will be gathered into the cities m'nei hamatzor because of the besiegement of your cities. The, the foreign soldiers will surround your cities. And you'll you'll have to be inside the city and you can't get out. <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> and I Hashem will send a plague amongst you, <speaking in Hebrew> and because through the means of the plague, <speaking in Hebrew> you will be given over into the hands of the enemies who are besieging you. Now, Rashi seems to be dealing with the point that we raised. Somehow, the plague is going to be the cause of not of our dying of plague, I'm sure that did happen to some people, but the plague is somehow going to be a cause for us to be defeated militarily or killed, that is, by the enemy. So Rashi explains, because there is a halacha of ain malinim esamei spiritual we may not Leave a dead body overnight in Yerushalayim. That is a halacha. The Gemara in Bava Kama lists it amongst a list of ten halachas that apply especially in Eretz Israel. The Gemara says that we really don't know the the source. There's no pasuk for this halacha, but this is what the what the Gemara itself calls Gemara, meaning it is a it is a tradition that this law. Is, more probably is halacha l'maishin or perhaps it is a very, very old law that the exact origin was no longer known. But it's a halacha in Malin and Sameshuyur Yerushalayim, So since that's the halacha, so he, these people who are in the city and they're they're they're, in, they're under siege, but they have to get rid of the body. They have to take the body out of Yerushalayim to bury it. And when they bring out the body in order to bury it, they are given over into the hand of the enemy. So here we have people who want to do a mitzvah. They want to fulfill a halacha. The halacha says you may not leave a dead body over, overnight in Yerushalayim. So they want to do this mitzvah. They leave the city to do the mitzvah, they are exposed to the enemy forces, and they are killed. This always struck me as, as something really, really terrible. I'm not I'm not complaining, but I just it just struck me as as a really I mean, every part of the Torah is very very distressing, but this always struck me as being particularly distressing and disturbing that people in the attempt. To do a mitzvah, and dafka, because they're doing the mitzvah, that will be their downfall. Gemara in Masechet Chulin, the very end of Masechet tells us that mitzvah There is a general principle: the people who are shluche mitzvah, who are in the process of doing a mitzvah, will not be harmed. Meaning, they have a special protection coming from the mitzvah that will protect him from being harmed. However, the Gemara does say that if the person is the person is returning from doing the mitzvah, he's finished with the mitzvah, now he's going home, and if he's in a place the shekiah hezekah, he's in a situation or a place where damage, where injury is very common, so then it could be that uh, he might get injured. The Gomorrah's case, a very famous case, is a, a person was told by his, was was instructed by his father to bring him some eggs from a nest that's in a tree. And so this, this son, is a, a good son, and he wants to do the mitzvah of keep it up, keep it up, aim. he climbs up the tree to the nest. The mother bird is sitting upon the upon the eggs. Now there's a mitzvah. We seek you're not allowed to take the mother together with the birds, so he sends away the mother bird, that's what you're supposed to do, he bangs with a stick or something, and the mother bird flies away. And he takes the bird, so he has just done two mitzvahs, he has done Kibar Avaim and he has done the mitzvah of Shilua And both of these mitzvahs, the Torah promises us that if you do them, you will be zeichel yarichus Yamin, you will merit to have a long life. So this person just did these two mitzvahs which should guarantee him a long life and now he gets onto the ladder to go down from the tree and the ladder breaks, he falls down and he is killed. So the Gemara says, how could it be? What's going on? Is not there a rule? mitzvah, So the Gemara comes to the conclusion that this ladder was a very shaky ladder to start with. It's what we call a sulam it's a bad ladder, a shaky ladder, and the part, the, this young man was only returning from the mitzvah. The accident only happened when he's finished with the mitzvah. When he was doing the mitzvah, he actually had protection. But when he's returning from the mitzvah, and he's in a very dangerous place because he's on the top of a tall tree, and the ladder that he's climbing down from, that he's using to climb down, is a shaky ladder. So in such a situation, uh, the Midas HaMishpat, the Midas sabin, could catch up to him and could cause him to be injured. What about the case that Rashi's is talking about here? However, this doesn't fit into the category. Here, the people are on their way to do the mitzvah. They are actually doing the mitzvah. They are performing this, uh, this halacha, And that's when, although it's a mochum, it's a place that's shriya hazeika, although there's a lot of danger there, it's it's an exceeding amount of danger, there's an enemy army waiting to kill anybody who passes by, but they're on the way to do the mitzvah, and they get killed. Okay, as far as the technicalities, how uh, how we can resolve this Rashi with the Gemara, there are ways, uh, perhaps we could say that, uh, that, that once you have a sh- place, a situation of shechia maybe even on the way to doing the mitzvah, uh, one does not have complete protection. In any case, it, it, it seems like a very almost cruel punishment. This idea that these people the, the, the will promise that you will go to do a mitzvah and you're going to get killed. That, that, that's. That's, that's, hard to, that's hard to digest. The idea that a person in certain situations might be involved with a mitzvah, let's say returning from a mitzvah, but there's so much danger involved in the situation in which he finds himself, that he will not, be, will not have any special protection and perhaps because of certain flaws that he has, that he might be punished. Okay, I can understand that. But that Hashem should promise that you're going to go to do a mitzvah and on your way to do the mitzvah, I'm promising you, I'm telling you, I'm predicting you're going to get your head chopped off. That needs to be understood. And I think in order to begin to understand this, we need to go to another Pusuk, just a few psukim before this one. It's really in the same paragraph, so to speak. And here it is. imi keri. If you will go with me, carry and we will see how rashi translates that word if you will go with me in a way that's called carry and you will not desire to listen to me you will not want to listen to me so the asafti alechem makor i will add on to you a a makka. i will let out add on to you a a a blow a punishment sheva kechatai Seven different makas, seven different punishments, according to the number of your sins. If you, if you go back to the beginning of the parsha, we will see that the whole parsha of uh, of the teichachah is talking about it, about a situation in which Kli has committed seven particular sins, not so much specific sins, but uh, seven different ways of of moving away from the observance of mitzvahs in general, but seven different subcategories, let's say, and therefore the punishments in Parashat Sechacha are always listed in groups of seven. So here it says, if you will go in a way that's called keri, I will add on seven more punishments. Let's see Rashi. In imi keri, rabaseinu amru Harai. Our Rabbi said that what does keri mean? Arai. The word Arai means sort of like casually, b'mikra, coincidentally. She'eno ela b'fraqen, that it is only occasionally. You'll do the mitzvahs sometimes. Can arai the mitzvahs. So you will go in a fashion of Arai, in a sort of casual, occasional way of doing mitzvahs. We find the word Arai, uh, for example, in the uh, for example, the Hilchus Maser. So you're not allowed to eat prados from which Maser, from which the tide for the levium has not been removed. However, an achilas Arai, if you're just like a grabbing a little, little piece of fruit before the Maser was taken and it's out in the field, that's permitted. And, or the word that Rashi uses is Bimikra. In other words, there's a way of doing mitzvahs where you do them but you only do them occasionally. And you know, you do it with a kind of a, in a half-hearted casual kind of way. Not like a person who's sitting down to a big meal and he, everything, the, the, the silverware is all arranged in a certain way and everything is, everything is in order and everything is, you're putting your full mind and your full attention towards everything that's in front of you. But it's like, you have a big uh, pile of figs uh, that you just, uh, collected from the tree. You didn't um, properly uh, put them in boxes or baskets. You didn't bring them into the storehouse. You're not uh, selling a whole basket worth, a whole basketful. You're just grabbing one, one little fig and you have a casual little snack. That's how you're doing your mitzvahs. You're doing them occasionally. Now, I'd like to raise, so, so the Pusik is saying, we raise any questions, the Fasik is saying that if you will do the mitzvahs in that way, I will punish you very severely. As I said, the Trey is not fun. This is not uh,
1: easy reading. Now, let's begin
0: with some questions. As usual, I like to begin with a technical question. If we look at this Rashi, we're just concerned with the first part of Rashi. The second part of Rashi, he says another explanation, which is not all that far, in my opinion. In the first one, but we're gonna work with the first, with the, whoops. We're going to work with the first
1: definition that Rashi gives. Let's try that again. Okay, we're gonna work
0: with this first part of Rashi. Rashi obviously is coming to explain the meaning of the word carry. All the other words in the pasuk are easy enough; didn't didn't need any explanation, not much. But the word carry, Rashi wanted to explain. Okay, what should have been Rashi's dibur Hamaska? What should have been the words that he begins with? He should have began with the word carry, and that's all. But Rashi adds on the i-mi carry. If you will go with me in this way of carry. I'd like to raise that question. Why does Rashi add in these words, in total I me, carry The, the Meforshei Rashi, the super commentaries on Rashi, basically all of them, if you look hard enough, you will see they, they all assume that the Dibor the, maskil the, the of Rashi, that Rashi's little quotations from the Pesach that he comments on, he makes those little quotations. He designs his Dibra Hamaskil with great precision. He only puts into there, into the Dibra Hamaskil, the word or the words that he is coming to explain. If there are any extra words, that means we have to go back and ha- understand how those words also need to be explained, or perhaps how those words are helping us, are pushing us towards the explanation that Rashi ends up giving those who would like to learn more about this can uh, look in my uh, my safer, new Safer put out by my friend and my mentor, Rabbi Herzog, called Darchei Rashi. has a whole chapter about this and I, I find that chapter particularly fascinating, not to mention the rest of the Safer. So I'm raising such a question here. That's one question. Another question is raised by the Mask of the dog, one of the super commentaries on Rashi. And he tells us that we should look at the Sifra. The Sifra, or sometimes known as the Torah's Kahanan, is the primary, one of the primary Midrashim on Sefer by And here, here's the Sifra. The Sifra is basically uh, paraphrasing and putting in a little comment on our passage. Im telchu'i imi if you will go with me b'kari, that's a direct quotation. So the sifra says, "You have made my dinim casual and occasional in the world. I will also make you just something casual and co- and coincidental in the world." The the dove David says that based on this word, deny.
1: He feels
0: that what the Sifra is saying is that Hashem is saying to us, you made my dinim, dinim, the word dinim can mean my punishments, my judgments against you. You have made them awry, meaning you have considered them to just be coincidences. Let's say uh, there was a terrible famine and really Hashem brought that about because of your sins. But you, you just said, well, you know, the weather was very dry. and..." Uh, you know, the weather goes through different cycles. You know, in the Middle East, it's not not uncommon that it's that it hardly rains at all one season and another season that next year it will rain more. You made my judgments into just coincidental events, and therefore I'm gonna make you just coincidental. Meaning, I'm not gonna give you any special attention and any special protection. You want it to be in a coincidental naturally occurring world, okay, you are subject to that. That's exactly, you will be subject to that. no special protection. If the, if, 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 the, if the cycle of weather just makes the wind blow really hard and blow things down with enough force that it can blow things down, it's going to blow you down and your house
1: and your crops. Maskell
0: Udavid says he feels that, that according to this Sifra, that's what the Pasuk is saying. He has very good support for this. His support, he doesn't quote this, but it's. I'm sure he was had this in mind. Is the, what he had in mind is the Rambam. The Rambam Hiltas Tanis talks about the mitzvah of fasting when there are certain um, national or local calamitous situations, such as uh, famines and uh, and besieging armies and uh, uh, diseases. So the Rambam says, in Hilchistan is perak aleph, halacha aleph, mitzvah saseymen atzerah, it is a positive mitzvah from the Torah, l'zayk Ula Haria, to cry out to Hashem, to call out to Hashem, Ula Haria b'chatz tzres, and to blow on trumpets, al kod Sarasha shetavei regarding any distressful situation that comes upon, comes upon the congregation. Meaning when you have a problem, he says here, kagoyn like famine, the dever and plague, the arba and a uh, a flock of locusts that are eating up all the crops, the chiyoseh anything like that. Zaku alehen Bahari. You must call out to Hashem and blow on those chatzosyris. This is a mistake. Now, the Ramam continues. The dover darchi at This is one of the ways of tshuva, that you take note of what's happening, and you ask HaKadosh Baruch to help you because you realize that the reason it's happening is because of It's because of your bad actions, because of your, your sins, that this is what's happening to you. Because you know it's your sins that are causing you. So you, you do chuba and you call out to Hashem and you ask, please, Hashem, make this stop. Now, continues the Rambam and Allah ha'given. If they will not call out to Hashem, they will not blow on the Chatzay to to be ma'or teshuva, to awaken in themselves feelings of yamru, but rather they will say, This thing, it's just the custom of the world that occurred to us. It didn't rain for a whole season. sometimes it doesn't rain for a whole season. There's a marauding army passing through our land and aiming straight for us. You know, kings sometimes get it into their heads to invade a neighboring country. nikroi, And this uh, distressing situation, it, it just happened. So the Rambam says, This is a brutal and cruel way of doing things it causes them to cling to their bad actions it causes them not to change for the better but just to keep on doing the same old thing the the why there are so many mistakes here I don't know but it causes the distressing distressful situation to continue and it causes other distressing distressful situations to develop and this is what is written in the Torah, says the Rambam. imi bekeri, You will go with me carry Very similar to our Pasek. It's a different pusik but why the Rambam chose this pusik not the pusik we're looking for, looking at, I'm not sure, but it's essentially the same point. If you will go with me bekeri, carry imochem I will go with you, Hashem says, with an anger of Kerry. Klamar, says the Rambam, this means to say, Sora, when I will bring upon you a distress, I will bring upon you some calamity, in order that you should repent, in order that you should do tshuva, but instead of reacting appropriately, what you, what you will do is, in Taimru shuhu keri, if you will say it's just a mikra, it's just a coincidence, it's just the natural order, so then, I I will add to you more anger because of that casual attitude towards the unfortunate things that are happening to you. This is the Rambam, a very famous Rambam, and the Mosque the David says that he really doesn't understand Rashi. He Essentially, is disagreeing with Rashi, even though the whole sefer is, is, was written to explain Rashi, but in this... One place, and perhaps in a small handful of other places, a very small handful, the Maskala David basically is saying, I disagree with Rashi. I think the real, the, the better shot would be like this. What does it mean, in Imi, Kerry? If you will go with me in a way of Kerry, meaning you will relate to your problems as being merely coincidental, as being merely something that just happens. Incidentally, if that's how you will relate to deny to the punishments that I am bringing upon you, so then I'm going to make it even worse. Not like Rashi, who says, if you will do the mitzvahs in a way of care," That's not what the Mascula David is saying. That's what Rashi says. We'll talk about Rashi in a moment. But the Mascula David says that he feels that the, the better way to explain it would be if you will react to, to the punishments that I meet out as being merely coincidence, as being merely part of the natural order, I'm going to make your punishments even worse. Now, why doesn't Rashi agree to this? The, the Maskela David has uh, seen that he has a good, a very good source in the Sifra, which says, Asis deny Denai Rashi says, Arrive the mitzvahs, but the but the, but the Chazal say deny all right, You will make my judgments into something just casual and natural. So why didn't Rashi want to go like this? Well, first of all, not everybody agrees with the the David's text in the Sefer. If one looks in the printed editions of the Sefer, we have Hashem. We have what is called Hagoya Sagroa, the Devil went through the Sifra with a fine-tooth comb, and he compared various uh, alternate texts, and he used his his astounding wisdom, and he made what he felt were corrections to the text of the Sifra. And here, the Vilna Goen's text of the Sifra is not es dinai, but rather, rather, I'm just looking for it here on my like, notes exactly how the other drawer, uh, has the text rather the the, 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 the text of the Vilna is if you will make my Torah arrive and probably I think we can uh, we can say that that probably is the text that Rashi had in the Sifra you must see as Rashi says if you will go in my mitzvahs bederech arrive in a casual occasional fashion. So we can't, we don't have a question on Rashi as far as why did he change from what it says in the Sifra, no, what Rashi writes here is what he had in the Sifra. Still,
1: I think there's another
0: reason, why. another point, another reason why Rashi disagrees with the mask of David. And I think Rashi hints to it in his Dibur As we mentioned before, it would have seemed reasonable that Rashi's Dibur should have been just one word, Kerry. That's what he's coming to explain. He's coming to explain what this word carry means. And yet Rashi adds on, he puts into the Dibur the words, I, me. I would like to suggest that he primarily is interested in the word Telkhu. I don't think he wanted to just start with the word telchu that would make it sound like Hashem is telling us to do this and of course it's exactly what we should not do so he added the word in if and then he okay the word emi is a small word in between in between the two words that he really wants to talk about so he copied the word imi also but I would like to suggest that the two main words in Rashi's Debra Maso are carry but also telchu. Why? What, what, am I, what, what is my point? According to the mask of the David, the phrase "Telhu yimi keri refers to our attitude towards the punishments that Hashem is afflicting us with. How do we look at that? Keri means you look at the punishments as just something coincidental. It just happens. It's the natural order. What could you do? It makes, has nothing to do with what I do. It's nothing to do with my behavior. Eh, sometimes it rains, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's a, a disease going through the, through the uh, population, and sometimes there's not. That's an attitude. I don't think that an attitude, regarding an attitude, the Torah would have said, Telku, he me carry. It's not going, it's not an action. Telku is an action. Telku is an active verb. According to the Mask of explanation, I don't think the active verb, telchol is really appropriate. You could have, should, could have just said, imtiyu imi keri, keri, but this active verb of telchol, in my humble opinion, Rashi understood that as part of the proof to what he's going to say. Rashi understood that the word keri means, it's referring to a way that you do mitzvahs, a particular way that you do the mitzvahs, not the best way a kind of a casual, I'll do them sometimes. When the mood strikes me, I'll do a mitzvah. When the mood does not strike me, I won't do a mitzvah. But Rashi held and Rashi's, part of Rashi's proof to that is the word telhu, because it is an, it is an act. It is something that you get up and do. Whereas according to the Maskela David, it's merely an attitude. It's not an active should not be expressed in an active verb, such as tell. In addition, the Maskell of David raises one other question, which I neglected to mention. He says that according to Rashi's explanation, there's a little bit of a contradiction in the Pasek. Because the Pasek begins in telchu keri, if you will go with me, carry, which according to Rashi means you'll do the mitzvahs sometimes. Okay, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But the next phrase in the pasuk says, you will not want to listen to me. That sounds like you never want to listen to me. You never do the mitzvahs. So which is it? Did they do the mitzvahs sometimes? Did they do the mitzvahs none of the time? That's a question that the Mascula David raises on Rashi. I think the answer to that question is that if a person does the mitzvahs pues sometimes, casually, today I do it. Today I put on tilling Tomorrow, wake up a little bit late, in hurry to get to work. Eh, I don't really feel like it. I'm not so inspired. Eh, today I'm not putting on tzilin. If that's how a person does mitzvahs, pues, that doesn't. That is not a Pagam, that is not a fault only on the days when he doesn't put on his trillin. That does not only reflect on the times that he does not do the mitzvah, but it reflects even on the times that he does. That means that even when he's putting on his trillin, why is he putting them on? Is he putting them on as an expression of his total dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? No, he's putting them on because it suits him. There's something about it that he likes. Now. Better to put on tefillin sometimes than to put on tefillin never. But a person who puts on tefillin only sometimes, really every time he puts on tefillin, there's something lacking. Now, like anything, everything else in life, there are degrees. There are people who are very casual about these things. And this has a very poor reflection, even on the times that they do the mitzvah. There are people who are 99.999% dedicated to the mitzvah but could be sometimes they find an excuse. Once in a grand while, they find an excuse, a not so legitimate excuse to skip a mitzvah that also has a certain dim reflection upon every other time that they do the mitzvah, that it's not exactly out of total dedication. It's a much much dimmer little light, negative light that's shining on that mitzvah, but nonetheless, When a person's attitude towards mitzvahs is, I'll do them when I feel like it. I'll do them when I understand the mitzvah. That not only means he's not doing the mitzvahs all the time, but it means all the time that he does mitzvahs, it's lacking. There's something missing in those mitzvahs. And I think now that we understand this, we can go back to our first Rashi. And we can understand this this very upsetting point that Rashi makes that the people were under siege. The city was under siege. People were dying in the city from a plague. They knew the halacha. You're not supposed to leave over a mace in Yerushalayim. You don't leave over a dead body overnight in Yerushalayim. And so they picked up the coffin, and they were taking the mace out of the city. They're they're trying to observe this halacha, and they would be shot down by the enemy. They'd be killed by the enemy. The question was, how could a Kodosh Barofu say such a thing? That when you're trying to do a mitzvah, that's when I'm going to get you. The answer is, it depends what kind of a mitzvah you're doing. Are you doing a mitzvah because that is your dedication to my will? <clears throat> this is a, This is a display of your subjugation of yourself to my divine will? Or is it just something that you want to do? Is it just because... You don't like to have dead bodies lying around in Yerushalayim, since the people's way of doing mitzvahs was the way that Rashi calls Kerry, so there was, a fundamental, there was a fundamental flaw in their mitzvahs and even when they were doing a mitzvah, the mitzvah did not provide protection. And in a certain sense, because they were doing the mitzvah, they were lacking protection. Because every time they do the mitzvah, it's a certain, it's almost like a certain, there's a certain aspect almost of disrespect to the our al Al-Kadosh even when they're doing the mitzvah. What are you doing? You're carrying the mace out of Yerushalayim? Why? Why are you so concerned about that? Did you put on tefillin today? Did you speak Russian horror today? Did you, did you do this avera or that avera or fail to do this mitzvah? Failed to do this mitzvah? Who do you think you are now doing this mitzvah? Fortunately, because they were doing the mitzvah with this fundamental flaw, so Mitanim, the Yad they were given over into the hands of their enemy. the The Musa from this discussion is uh, is quite obvious that we have to dedicate ourselves to the mitzvahs, uh, mitzvahs, and we must attempt to always do the mitzvahs, even when we don't exactly feel like it. Of course, there are certain situations a person is I'm not suggesting that we go, that we have to, that we must go beyond the halacha and do mitzvahs, even when we are pata. Sometimes when we are pata from a mitzvah, it is appropriate that you should not do that mitzvah. But to the extent that the mitzvah applies, to the the extent that a mitzvah is obligatory, we have to to, uh, dedicate ourselves to doing that mitzvah always to doing it in the, with the proper intent and and to always do it, just always do that mitzvah no matter what, that will afford us some protections in the schluss of the mitzvah.